0: Hello, you are listening to Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. Welcome to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show, a weekly radio program that spotlights positive real estate development and neighborhood revitalization throughout Philadelphia. I'm your host, Derek Hengemil. Jumpstart Philly is a unique community development program that trains, mentors, networks, and provides funding to aspiring real estate developers in seven different Philadelphia neighborhoods, including Germantown, where the program was founded. Jumpstart believes that you can do well by doing good and focuses on removing neighborhood blight, scattered site rehab, creating a healthy mix of affordable and market-rate housing, and avoiding gentrification through slow, steady growth and keeping wealth local. Interviews are conducted during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpinar series on Monday nights at 7pm, which are held via Zoom webinar. For more information about these events, check out the events page at jumpstartgermantown.com. This week, I am speaking with our Jumpstart Germantown inspector and Philly Office Retail's director of construction, Jaime Rodriguez, about the draw request process and what to expect during your first inspection. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and be sure to check out the podcast version of this program at jumpstartgermantown.com media. With over 20 years of experience in the construction field both as general contractor and project manager, Jaime Rodriguez is currently the Director of Construction for Philly Office Retail. Starting in 2008, Jaime has overseen the majority of Philly Office Retail's construction efforts as they have renovated a great quantity of mostly blighted, older, and underutilized properties in order to give them a new lease on life. Another hat that Jaime wears within the POR family is Inspector for the Jumpstart Germantown and Jumpstart Philly programs. Jaime has personally conducted hundreds of draw inspections for the loan program, as well as supported the program developer's efforts by sharing his years of experience with the borrowers in the program. So I'm sure some of you in the call have probably met Jaime before, or, or will meet him soon if you if you follow on the Jumpstart path. Um, and it's my pleasure to introduce him tonight so we can talk about the uh, draw request process. How's it going, Jaime?
1: Hello, everyone. How are you?
0: Cool. So uh, we have a lot to cover and, and I'll give you a chance to just kind of open it up here and maybe we can work through um, everything you need to know about a draw request process. And, and we'll probably speak a little bit specifically in terms of the jumpstart draw request process, um, since that's you know, what you, you do inspections for and, and what you know the most about. But I'm sure some of the, the concepts can apply to other similar um, um, funding sources. Um, but so before we even get into the draw request process, there's a lot that comes before that. Um, and you were sure to be sure, you were sure to emphasize that when we were kind of practicing for this session. Um, so one of those big things is the scope of work of a project. Um, and that's something I'm sure everybody has heard but might maybe not know exactly what it is or what it encompasses. Um, so maybe Jaime, you could start by just telling us what the scope of work is and, and, and where that um, lies in, in your plans.
1: So yeah, so so basically the scope of work is, is a list uh, of work that allows you to fully focus in on the uh, necessary steps needed uh, to be accomplished in order to realize the vision that you have for, for whatever project that you're working on. And uh, it's critical to get that um, as detailed as possible up front uh, because it does become a backbone for everything else that you do in the, um, in the uh, project management process um, as, you, as you move forward.
0: Mm -hmm. and that should really be like the first thing you get started on once you you kind of are dipping your toes into a project right it's like the base level of all of all your plans correct cool and uh, like within that scope of work what sorts of things uh can you find you know obviously like the physical changes you're going to make but also the budget i'm sure and and uh, and funding uh, or, or budget information right
1: yeah, I mean that that that'll that helps you. You know, once you've um, identified a property that you want to work on, um, it allows you to sort of, you know, if you prioritize it correctly, um, you can identify, you know, and get rid of, you know, sort sort of prioritize what's what's absolutely necessary for the project. <clears throat> you know, helps you prioritize and focus on those things, and then work down to the minutiae of. What your vision is for the project and what you w- want to do with the finances that may be left over um, once you've identified you know obviously up front you identify you know what you're going to purchase a property for and then later you know how much you could possibly either sell or or, or rent the property for and then in, in, in between that you have you know what's possibly could be available for your construction budget and allows you to 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 take those numbers and prioritize um, your list of items uh, to work on so that you can more effectively and quickly uh, make your plan for that property.
0: Cool. So maybe you can walk us through what what you would prioritize first, like what your very biggest, highest priority is when you start the project, and then you can work your way down and, and tell us like what sort of the things that you like you said can be used for uh, with leftover money.
1: <clears throat> um. So. So yeah, these being you know financial investments. Um, you kind of sort of, you know, well, at least my conservative approach to um, looking at, at projects that I'm working on is to identify what's what's needed um, first and then what I like later. So what I like to do with the property later. So um, I in, in my scope of work, I first look at, you know, any structural issues that this property may have. I look at and assess the exterior. Does it be a roof? Does it need, you know, brick pointing? Does it need? Anything on the exterior envelope of the property. Um, then I move on to mechanical systems. Is this house is the is the wiring good? Is the HVAC unit good? Um, do I need to you know replace any amount any amount of the plumbing or drainage? Um, those are the kind of things that I look at first and quickly try to assess assess a or contribute a value to those items before I start moving into what could i possibly do with the property because those first three line items are going to be they, they, you don't have a, you don't have a real choice about the property is going to dictate to you what's necessary for 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 that property
0: right and, and those those first three items are typically your, your highest budgeted items right they're the ones right. that right. so everything else is kind of dependent on you having those those worked in Put there things in place yeah right and um, so so working lower priority, like I'm I'm assuming fixtures and kind of cosmetic things is, is where you get to play around with a little bit.
1: Yes. Yes. Once you have that in place, you know, things like too is just, you know, as you, as you start to think about your layout and and the design of your, of your property, as you want to see it finished, you do have to take into into consideration of, you know, especially if you want to reconfigure um, your layout. You have to think about up front, where's your, where are your drainage lines going to be? Am I going to need to put in soffits and things for duct work if I'm going from a radiator system to a, uh, you know, half forced air system? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, all those things, it, it helps you to think about those things up front before you think about the layout. Because a lot of times you spend a lot of time and sometimes if you're you're hiring an architect, they can give you a layout that may not work for the property that you're currently Mm-hmm. Um, trying to to uh, do do renovations to just because you can't get you know mechanical systems there you can't get drainage lines or water lines or or ductwork to that that location and in, in that configuration.
0: Right. So so how in depth like, or maybe not in depth but how lengthy and kind of like drawn out should the scope of work be? Because I know like in reviewing loan applications that come in for Jumpstart, we get some that the scope of work is just like a sentence. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we're gonna add a bathroom, you know, change the flooring X, Y, and it's like three simple things. Like obviously that's not okay. Um, but but like do people really need to write up like a 10 page scope of work or or what do you think is an appropriate amount for someone to somebody to plan out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's uh, you know, and we could talk about this. We'll talk about this more later when you talk about budgets and, and schedules and things. You kind of sort of want to put your, you do want to put your 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 uh, scope of work together as an outline, and right. you know have bullet points, but you definitely want to break those bullet points down as much as possible, um, so that, so that it's end, all right
0: for it to be like it's all right for it to kind of be like a, a, a not stripped down, but like you said, bullet points. It doesn't need to be like a, a book of uh, yeah, in-depth. correct,
1: correct. Uh, you know, depending on the size of the project. You know, a, a, a scope of work, maybe a, a page or two worth of bullet right. points.
0: Right. Um, the, but the important thing is that those like those big questions, like you said, those that that list of priorities, like every caveat that you're going to need to do should should be in there in some form.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Cool. Um, so is a is scope of work. You know, we'll move on from this in a second. But is a scope of work something that a developer or a borrower can do themselves, or do they need the contractor there for that, or is the contractor involved before the scope of work is even? You know, like where, where does the contractor yeah. play play into the the scope of work?
1: Yeah, I would say if it's your first time mm-hmm. um, being a developer, it's it's probably very important that you get a contractor involved early, mm-hmm. uh, even before you identify like the prop uh, the properties. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're shopping around and and you're asking the right questions, they're going to sort of, you know, talk about and brag about the good, the things that they're good at. And, you know, uh, and, and so you can match certain contractors to certain properties. And, and and if you create those relationships up front and you're comfortable with the person that you're walking through the property, you can do it quickly. And that, uh, contractors only going to help you accelerate that, that process of creating your scope of work.
0: Right. And and I guess if the contractor is involved in the creation of the scope of work, that's less than you, that's less, you have to fill them in on later.
1: (laughs) Yes. yes, Right. Uh, you know, unfortunately Uh, we have the, the, we've had the circumstances where, you know, a, a borrower, um, you know, has a general feeling about what they, they like to do. And then they, they talk to contractors and, and, uh, the vision evolves quite a bit between what they originally thought and you know got the loan on, and what they you know ended up contracting uh, uh, a contractor to do for them. And those things become very difficult to manage during the, the the construction process and the draw process, especially when you're trying to recover funds so that you can keep the project uh, moving.
0: Right, and contractors they can also help you find. Or, or can they also help you find like the, the appropriate costs for sort of things like they know oh, these things are going to take yeah. more, maybe less and that, that's-
1: certainly if you don't yeah if you don't have that experience in construction they're definitely going to be very, a, a very valuable resource um to provide you with those with those items especially on the um absolutely needed list you know the structural the exterior the mechanical they're going to be able to quickly give you numbers on those things and establish, you know, where your thresholds are for that project so that you can either eliminate or move forward quickly. So you definitely don't want to be spinning your wheels on a, on a property that needs too, too much, uh, you know, um, you know, base work um, that you really can't, you know, do the, the, the things that you want to do in order to make that, that, that property more
0: marketable. Cool. Uh, great so so moving on from scope of work maybe we can talk about budgets now and 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 sort of the financial aspect of a construction project As, aside from the creative and and sort of like physical changes you're making there's a, mm-hmm. a huge financial aspect that is really important to to keep in mind um so so how should one ba- break their budget down and 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 can they get creative with it is there like a format for you know this is the list of things you need to budget this is exactly the dollar amounts that those things are going to cost or or, or just what are people's options for creating a budget, you know?
1: Um, so, yeah, what well, when I say, uh, and I and alluded this, uh, to this earlier, is when you create a good scope of work, mm-hmm. um, you can combine uh, uh, like items together and budget them under a category like carpentry or kitchen or bathroom or et cetera, um, which may, may make your, you know, budget, um, you know, smaller and concise in order to, you know, deal with the loan, but you can be as creative as you want with, with that budget. One of the things that I often tell borrowers when we go into that, you know, first draw and it's the first time they've done a loan with us is, hey, you know, in the future, if you do this with us, you don't necessarily need to fall within the exact budget categories that um, are given on that sample uh, that we provide for a for budget um you can make that as detailed or as or as undetailed as you want you can remove categories that that don't apply to your job in order to make um it easier for you to understand and control your budget um you know i would i I would say that it is it is you know at least for me it's 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 better to have more than less on on your budget um and you know like i said a a good scope of work
0: is going to help you there Right, yeah. and I'm sure there's an upper limit of that. You don't want to have like... Yeah,
1: you don't want to have a budget that's two pages. Right. Um, but you certainly want to, um, you know, you definitely want to break down and be aware of, you know, for example, if you decide to have a carpentry budget, mm-hmm. you know, what I've seen, what I, you know, I've had the experience of coming into inspections mm-hmm. and, for example, having a borrower... Uh, drawing 100% of carpentry because they've framed everything out and to them that's 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 all that it that's all that is and that's all they plan for um, a good scope of work would have told you hey you need to put in you know trim and doors and 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 all that kind of stuff that still has to be installed and so um, you signed a contract with a contractor he wants to get paid 100% of his carpentry and you have you know your line item for that for that budget. But, you know, I come in and I look at that and I'm like, well, you framed, you probably, you're probably only about 75 complete, uh, 75% complete here on, on, on this line item. And, and that's where, you know, y- you have that aha moment, like, oh, you know, maybe I should have, you know, written down my scope better or whatever. And so, but yeah, we, we, we deal with it as we go along.
0: Cool. And, and it sounds like, um, all of this just kind of amounts to making it easier for yourself making yes, it easier. Yes. so so one thing that i imagine it is hard is to get that budget locked in stone so right before you start construction you know that is what you're working off of that's like that's what you're stuck it's is it, so because my question here is is it is that a rigid budget you know is that something halfway through you can say oh i put too much money in this i got to reallocate this like um Yeah, I I know. I know different lenders are are are, have different rules and and guidelines for that. um, But maybe you can speak from your experience. Like, is there changes made to the budget after it's it's the project is?
1: Yeah, I mean, it 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 is possible, and you always want to stay within your Mm -hmm. within your you know original budget amount. Like, you can't just we can't just reallocate a budget. Um, We we wouldn't allow to just reallocate a budget. Um, and increase amounts um because you you do have that limitation of the return on investment you know when you originally plan mm-hmm. uh, you know so when you originally apply for the loan and we we try to make you know to stick to it um, what I would say you know and it's happened a few times is we're, we're sort of flexible especially at the at the first draw mm-hmm. um to reallocate. Usually, when I come in, because I'm not originally the, the one who assesses the original budget for that project, I just come in at the first draw. As I'm asking questions of that borrower uh, about, um, you know, what's in their budget and what they've planned for and what they haven't planned for, and it becomes sometimes obvious that you know some changes and reallocations need to be made. I usually make the suggestions like, "Hey, I can, I can try to, you know." Put in a report for what I see as far as completion based op- upon this visit. But uh, what I suggest to you is to go back to Angie, have the discussion with her, try to reallocate your budget items, mm-hmm. um, so that uh, we can improve the right completion amounts, and, and 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 fund you more adequately for for the project as it stands today. Because you know, unfortunately, it's just the reality of the world sometimes. You budget for one thing and then you do, especially after you've done demolition and you realize you have two or three broken joists or you didn't realize that, you know, somebody at some point had replaced all the wire in the basement and all the, all the, all the wire that you saw in the house is brand new, but then you open up the walls and everything else is knob and tube. And all of a sudden you have to rewire the entire house, um, you know, it's it, 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 it's it's often good. Like we want to see the borrower succeed, so we're willing to sort of have that discussion about how we can reallocate and sort of realign some things on the project to make the project actually successful. And unfortunately, that that sometimes means that we have to make sacrifices on, like I said, some of the layout or design, um, you know, aspects of the project in order to take care of these, you know, immediate and absolute needs for the for that for that property.
0: Right. Right, and we're going to get into the, the draw request process in a bit and, and how people interact with you, but I just want to, you know, that's what you just said is the huge value of, of having you there at the first inspection is because you have all these years of experience and you've seen all these different loans and projects going through. So as 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 hard as uh, Angie and Adriana and I can attempt at uh, guessing and, and kind of like seeing these numbers and saying, okay, this works and our research based on, um, you mm-hmm. know, we've seen, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything until you, you get there with the borrower and you're standing in the property and you're able to like visually point out <laughs> what's oh, wrong. It's
1: it's it's hard for me on the, uh, my first draw, you know, for those who might, who might be on the jump our, you know, they, they know that I always ask like, you know, Hey, like w- what's in your budget? Is this just material or is this labor? Is this, cause you know, I don't, I, I don't know coming in, if you have some sort of storage unit somewhere full of all the materials for that project and and, or, you know, like, or if you're doing, you know, there's no labor in your budget because you're a self-performer and you're going to do this thing, this whole thing yourself. You know, I, I have no way of knowing whether that budget is is adequate until I've asked all the questions when I'm there on site. So, you know, for, for, for you guys that are considering doing a loan with us and it's going to be your first time, you know, seeing you, one of your properties when you see me ask the questions, uh, definitely don't be afraid of of my questions i'm only trying to understand your project so that i can figure out how to help you
0: all right so so we're going to get into that in a, in a minute once we talk about the draw process and and like i like you said why you're asking so many questions and why why you're there four times throughout the project um, but before we get into that i just want to wrap up what we were talking about budgeting and and, and move on to something about scheduling and and maybe you could tell me about like what the schedule for a project typically looks like and, um, and how you kind of decide what, what that schedule um, will be.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, going back to the scope of work, um, just like the budget, it, it always, I mean, I try as much as possible in my, you know, in the way that I do my, my project management is, and that's why I harp on the, the scope of work so much is my scope of work, my budget and my, and my schedule, they all follow the same, Backbone of that of that scope of work, mm-hmm. um, so it's it 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 it's easy to especially when handling cash flow, to sort of figure out when I you know when I need money for what aspect of the project you know at which time you know d- during the phase whether I should be giving deposits or not and and, and all that. Um, so I would say you know if you have your outline. Um, you know, broken down, then then you can, you know, you schedule all the different items according to, to the appropriate time. You definitely want to get your um, contractor involved in that process because it's good. You, during that process, while, while you're having that conversation, you already have a budget in place. You're trying to put your schedule together. Mm-hmm. That contractor already starts to do the numbers in, in, in his brain and say, well, I, I'm going to need this money at this time and I'm and I can expect to receive this money at, at X time. Right. And you guys can formulate a a plan that better suits, you know, each individual and that project to get that project done.
0: If you're just tuning in, this is a conversation with our Jumpstart Germantown inspector and Philly Office Retail's Director of Construction, Jaime Rodriguez, about the draw request process and what to expect during your first inspection. Thanks for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU ninety two point nine FM. I hope you're enjoying the discussion. Right, so that leads perfectly to my next question, which was, uh, how and when should you pay your contractor? You know, you said these, he's involved or he or she is involved right from the beginning with the scope of work. Like, at what point do they start to to kind of be a, a paid employee of yours? Um,
1: so, yeah, so, you know, just, just for the sake of not as a first time, you know, a, a, you know, um, investors here, you know, it's actually illegal in the state of Pennsylvania to require, uh, a 50% deposit, which is very common, mm-hmm. you know, t- you know, it's a very common occurrence, but if you, um, if you don't feel comfortable, you know, like if you've never used a, this, this contractor before and you don't know what kind of relationship, you definitely want to be putting as little money as possible in his hand, um, up front. Um, so you can use that as a tool. Now, if this is somebody that you've used, um, that you, that you've used, uh, you know, on, on other projects or in your personal home or whatever, and you you can really trust that person, then, you know, that's that the deposits and all that are, are at your discretion. Um, you just need to be aware of of your you know like i said your budget and your schedule so that you know you're not put, you're putting out from your own pocket as little um money as possible up front before you re- reco- uh, recover some funds after that first draw mm-hmm. um, so if you, you and your contractor are talking about these things up front and sort of laying the groundwork for what's going to come next there's very there's hopefully going to be very little surprises along the way and it makes it so much easier and better for everyone going forward awesome. um, But i would definitely say like once you've got once you've gotten your budget I, i've even you know encouraged people as soon as you have a budget you should probably you know put your draw sheets all four draw sheets together based on your expectations and then revise as you go
0: right because a- you
1: know you'll know up front Who's getting money when and when you need X right. money, right? And that'll that will that will re- relieve as, relieve as much pressure as possible during construction because that that construction process is going to be enough stress of its own,
0: right? Right. Awesome. I think that's a that's a great tip is to kind of pre plan as far as head as doing all your draw sheets and and, mm-hmm. and the change once you have something in there that you kind of know you expected. Um, yeah cool so uh, before we move on to the the meat meat of this uh, session which is going to be the jaw request process um, I just want to remind everybody that we are going to have a QA session in about 15 minutes 15 20 minutes so be sure to type in your questions um, at the bottom I know there's a, there's about ten people who joined us since we started um, so if you uh, have any questions or anything you missed you can type it in the QA and we'll get to it once we're wrapped up here um, so, so moving on uh, you know for those who don't know, I hope everybody in this call has some idea of what a draw is and what that means in the construction world. But in case there's anybody who doesn't, uh, maybe you can just start by explaining what is the draw process and uh, you know what what that means.
1: Um, yeah. So with every draw, you get you get four draws um, for each loan um, that are uh, programmed or you know already included in in your in, in your you know loan documentation. Um, if you go it, it is possible to have uh more draws than just the four uh if needed but each additional above the four would cost uh, a, a one-time processing fee of uh,
0: 250 dollars uh, per additional inspection uh, I just want to point out real quick that what Jaime is talking about is for jumpstart. so I'm sure some of this might apply to other like lending groups or, or people who do draw requests but we're going to just stick with JumpStart because you know that's what we're familiar with and what most people will use. Um, yes, yeah, so, sorry about that. How you go on?
1: So, Yeah. So, 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 and, and we'll get to this. I guess. You know, I guess it's it's helpful to say just just reiterate what what uh, Derek said is you know the reason why we we do the draw process that way that we do it is because it's very similar to identical to what you would have on a com- on a conventional loan, mm-hmm. and so we want to encourage you and empower you. To do this on your own in the future, and not just be dependent on our program. Um, so we try to keep, you know, the whole uh, loan documentation and draw process um, the same or, or almost the same as as uh, what you would have on a typical loan. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the draw process on a typical loan, you know, the 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 inspector for the bank would come in. Um, when you uh, put in your, your your draw request. And um, the inspector is basically there to establish percent complete to date based upon what you've reported as being complete on your draw sheet. Mm-hmm. So once you've, you know, you know, typically because, you know, just in our program, because we have those predetermined for four inspections, um, you, when you get about 25% complete um and again you can be creative and manage your cash flow the way that you want and, and and strategize about when the appropriate time for you is to have your draw. But typically you would get to about through about 25% of, of, of that of that project. You have to out of um your personal funds um uh float that first 25% of that project or that first draws worth of that project. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, after I certify that indeed the percent complete is, you know, equivalent to what's represented on that draw sheet, um, you would be uh, um, uh, sent a check or, you know, have a wire deposit for the amount of funds within that draw uh, within three to five days of me doing the inspection.
0: Right. So the money, the money is always dispersed after the construction is complete. It's, it's not like correct. Or after that whatever that the, that budget items construction is complete so it's not like it's not like you're showing up to the draw request and you're saying okay in the next couple of weeks i'm going to start doing these windows so i'm requesting that it's it works backwards okay.
1: correct uh, so it's it's always we're always funding the project retro- retroactively mm-hmm. so um you know an important thing to note is for example like when i show up the the, the work has to be done mm-hmm. or the material that you've paid for has to be on site, and that's very important. A lot of times, you know, people have, you know, paid, for example, for a deposit on their cabinetry, and unless that, unless those cabinets are there on site, we typically do not uh, fund uh, those those monies that you're out uh, on that deposit um,
0: until those cabinets are there. Um, so oh, let me ask you, Jaime, what happens if the cabinets aren't there? You know, what happens if you, you show up and, and there's maybe only like 10% of the work done?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, this is where like you want to start preparing for your, um, you, you want to start preparing for your draw as far in as in advance as you can, um, but not too, too far. I would say like a, a, a tip, it's typically good to uh, put in your draw Within a, a week of where you want where where you want the inspection to be, mm-hmm. um, so that you have plenty of time. Like the best thing for you, if you're really counting on that that like specific amount of money to keep going, is to hit that landmark of completion before you have the draw. Because otherwise, I'm coming in. I'm only able to establish you know a percentage of of what you've represented, and then you have to have another inspection at some point to make up for that, that shortfall.
0: Right. Um,
1: so, so typically even, even a day ahead of, of, of having the inspection, if you know you're not going to make your completion goal for that draw mm-hmm. um, before the, before I go out there, just cancel. It's it's okay. Just call, cancel the, the inspection and reschedule it mm-hmm. for, you know, a few days down the line. There's no, there's no harm, no file there. Right. Uh, but <laughs> if I show up on site, um the fee you know there there could be additional fees um you either have to wait until your 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 next draw or you would have to have an additional uh, inspection uh, based on you know your financial needs for that project
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so so you and, and i think it's important to highlight that point you made that um you're not you shouldn't include anything in your draw request that you're not sure if is going to be done by the time Jaime is going to show up. Uh, That should all be stuff that is like locked and loaded, ready to go. It's it's without a doubt done. Cool. Um, So, so um, I'm trying to, okay. I I lost track there for a second, but I got, Um, we should next talk about, you know, like, how do people work through that process? And you, know, you said that they send the, the lender the, the draw request sheet, and then they come out. How does that work with Jumpstart? You know, like, what is the timing between somebody submitting their draw sheet, you coming out and them getting the funds?
1: I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit there. Okay. there you... I was just
0: saying, I was just saying, if you could describe the process from when people submit a, a draw request sheet to when they're going to get the funds, you know, like, what is the timing like on that?
1: Um, so, yeah, so when you, you know, would you, dep- obviously that would depend on when you start, you know, requesting the draw. But, you know, once I show up, um, typically um, I'll have the inspection report in the same day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it usually, like I said, like most, I would say most, uh, you know, most draws are funded within three days. We, we have that extra couple days buffer. Just mm-hmm. in case uh, there's some discussion that needs to happen between mm-hmm. yourself and the loan officer, mm-hmm. uh, but typically three three to five days
0: uh, the draw is uh, funded. Cool, and um, and I know you, you mentioned this before we started, uh, or before we or when we had our little uh, practice session before this, but we really should highlight the the importance of why we do this um, draw process. You know, rather than just what it is or or how people use it, like this is something that's really especially good for new developers because it, it's not necessarily handholdy, but it really checks everything. Right. It, and it keeps everything in balance and makes sure that you're not, you're not off on some pipe dream. Right.
1: Correct. Yeah. It, is, it gives you, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's like everything, you know, in sports, you have your, you know, you have your, you know, li- you know, scrimmage lines, you have your out of bounds, you, you know, you, there's, it, it, there's certain goalposts that are set for you during this draw po- process that just help you think through your project right. as you're dealing with the challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they, they are certain to come, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be something that tries to knock that project off course. And you just having, you know, that, 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 that uh, draw schedule there um, at, at, you know, in, in those goalposts, posts, it, it kind of sort of helps you make certain decisions cr- you know, correctly. And, you know, there's a reason why the industry follows the system, right? It's, it's, it's a tried and true uh, system. And we try to hold to it, um, again, in order to get you to a point where you feel comfortable going out and getting a loan based on your credit. Um, and, you know, maybe hopefully have some better, you know, loan terms as a result of going that route versus doing a program like ours.
0: Right. So I guess the opposite of a draw process would be just dispersing all the funds at once and saying, Hey, here's all your money, do it. And we'll see at the yeah, end. Yeah. The, the, the thing you're really lacking there is, is Jaime's expertise in the, in these regular check-ins where yeah, you're kind of like yeah. constantly being uh, evaluated. Right.
1: Yeah. There, there's very few loans like that. Um, and those that, that do exist like that have outrageous interest rates um, right. that go along with it. So if, if, for some reason, you get all the money and something goes wrong, you, you, you lose pretty big in the end.
0: Right. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to understand that it's not, it's not because we're, we don't trust that you're going to use the money the way we say it, or it's not because we don't want to give you the money until we're sure that it's going to be used properly. It's because we want you to do the best job that you can do, right? And, and we mm-hmm. want you to be able to, to have control over that rather than, um, like you said, getting into a deal with a high interest rate and, and you're kind of like left out to dry. Mm um
1: cool so so and and in today's economy those kinds of those kind of like financing deals are very far and few in between
0: cool cool um so we're we're just about wrapped up here but i just want to kind of let you uh provide any information that you might have about the draw process and what you can um you know suggest for people what tips you have um specifically maybe if you could talk about that first draw because i know you said it earlier that that's really the the Crux of of the mm-hmm. reasoning why we do the draw process, um, and when you first get there. So, like, what sorts of questions will you ask, and uh, maybe you can just kind of explain what 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 your perspective is from it, and any tips or tricks you might have for people. Uh,
1: so yeah, so um, so typically when I c- come in to do the first draw, I'll, I'll ask, you know, the the three questions that typically help me the most in assessing where you are with your budget and, and with your project. Um, not only do I like to ask these questions just for the sake of the project, it's also the max, ultimately you're, you're in this to make money. So I l- like to use m- my expertise and because I do all of the inspections and um, in, at least in the German town and uh, n- n- Northwest section of the city, I'm very familiar with the, that. The, the the all the projects going around in the neighborhood and what the values are, what's working for some investors, what's not. So I'll ask. My first question is, you know, is is this going to be a rental or is this a flip?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so because I'll have you know certain advice for you, uh, you know, in order to maybe rethink your plan a little bit based on those two things. You you you're going to have a different market in a rental. Uh, uh, different needs, you know, the property is going to have different needs for rental than it is for, for, for a sale. Um, I'll also, you know, go through and ask you, you know, line item by line item. What's in, what's in your budget? You know, do you, do you have money for this? Do you have money for that? Um, are you doing this work yourself? You know, uh, you're purchasing, you know, all of these items are you, is your contractor purchasing all the, these items or are you, um, And I'll definitely, you know, depending on your, your, your answer, I might lean you towards it. For example, you know, most contractors are going to charge you about 15% um, on top of whatever they spend on material, you know, just as a service fee and and transport. And so, you know, they, they have real expenses too. They have to pay for gas to get from, you know, Home Depot or whatever else they're, you know, wherever else they're buying stuff to, to get it to your project. So, you know, like, I'll, I'll ask you those sorts of questions to see, like, if if, if I feel that the budget may be particularly tight, I'll, I'll say, you know, hey, you might want to think about ordering these materials yourself, yourself and having them delivered by the supplier, rather than having your contractor buy these so you can save some money here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, you um, you know, you know, again, I alluded to this earlier in, in carpentry, people tend to sort of forget, you know, I've gotten used to people, borrowers, you know, forgetting certain, you know, aspects of, of, of a diff of a certain ca- cost category, like carpentry or plumbing. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, some of the, the scopes may overlap. Like some people might just have a blank item that says bathrooms, kitchens and plumbing. Well, you know, I want. I would like to know whether you have um, your, for example, the installation of your, you know, faucets and, and 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 toilet fixtures in your bathroom budget or in your plumbing budget. Because then I'm going to judge the consequent um, uh, draws based upon those answers that you gave me on that first that first draw. Um, so you know, and I like. Try to do a pretty good job of remembering everybody's answers, so that as we go along in the project, I'm not asking the same questions again, and I'm giving advice based upon those those past answers to keep try to keep things consistent and uh, you know help you sc- sort of you know try to uh, keep a sense of uh, uh, of order and of rapport with with the borrower.
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, so so next, just what we'll end on here is is what to avoid during the draw request process, and maybe you can tell me what are some common pitfalls, and I think you just mentioned a couple of them there, but but what are really like things that you see that, that you're like, this has got to stop. I don't know why people keep doing this <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, So yeah, just like I said, just talk you know talk to your con- especially if you're using a contract to talk to your contractor to make sure what's included. No question is a stupid question because ultimately as the borrower and as the owner of that project, you're gonna be paying for that. So um, so you may you know make sure that you have your finished carpentry in in your budget that your that your contractor, for example, is caulking between dissimilar materials, like you know, caulking between your drywall and your trim and stuff like that. You'd you you wouldn't believe how many, you know. Um, conversations I've had about those things. You want to make sure that in your carpentry items that you, you know, that you include, you know, having to replace a stairway or railings, things like that, um, that you kind of sort of typically, when you're trying to put together a project quickly um, to get to to, to a loan, a lot, many people just kind of skip over that. Um, the more you get your your scope of work down in the beginning, and then in consequent projects, you can basically just revise that scope of work and knock a couple things off and add a couple things. So it becomes something that that evolves over time, and you don't have to do from scratch every single time. Um, so I would I would try to start off with a general scope and then tailor it down to your so that you can continue to use that scope and not reinvent the wheel every time. Um, I would say uh, common pitfalls are evaluate your your plumbing, especially. I've been to you know probably over ten uh, projects uh, where they've uh, the borrower has finished completely painting and almost finishing the project, and then I show up in that last draw, and sure enough, there's a wall that's that's just been cut open to replace the, uh, the plumbing stacks. Um, if you have those old steel stacks and for, and especially if you've taken the drywall or plaster off the off of everything, don't try to skimp on, on, on those kind of things. If the wall's open, replace that stack, get it replaced. It's ultimately a big risk that you take on. If you've, you know, like I said, almost close to finished and, uh, that's not done. Um, Again, I think I alluded to this earlier, just you know assessing your systems, you know plumbing, heating, electrical. Um, those those are going to be big ticket items um, and and then thirdly your roof. Uh, sorry, lastly your roof should be something that you ex- assess and not try to take chances on. It's very likely that if there are maybe slight issues during that construction, uh, period, especially if you're doing the construction during the winter time, that roof is going to become an issue because you'll likely not have a heated house, and not having a heated property is going to cause damage to that property, especially the roof. Um, so those are things that you just kind of sort of want to want to make sure you take care of, no matter what, when you when it comes down to defining your scope and, your, and taking account into your budgets. Um, the, the, the other thing that I would say is you know keep, keep close guard of your schedule. Um, like I said the, the, the construction process is very is very um, is very stressful in and of, in and of itself. Um, but if you keep a close guard of your schedule, it's gonna, it's gonna decrease the amount of cost that you have overall. And it's definitely going to decrease the amount of financing fees that you have as a result of of your loan. Once you've taken a draw on a certain amount of money, say like you've done your first draw, and um, and you've you know you've drawn twenty five percent of that budget, that twenty five percent that you just drew started accruing uh, interest the moment that you got that you got funded for that amount on that draw. Um, you know, in the second, third draw. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, this is something that's, that, that's a real, that it's, it's a real thing. Uh, You know, now with COVID, like, you know, you know, it's just a reality of things. If there's a shutdown and you're waiting three months. Guess what? There might be some interest fees that you're, you're paying because you weren't able to touch your property for two or three months. Mm-hmm. Um, So trying to do a really good job with your schedule is very important. Um, It's, um, interest is not something that, like, most people sort of, like, you know, add two and two equals four, you know, while they're in their process. This is it's abstract idea, and then when you see it at the end, it becomes a real number, and sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's scary.
0: That concludes my conversation with our Jumpstart Germantown inspector and Philly Office Retail's Director of Construction Jaime Rodriguez about the draw request process and what to expect during your first inspection. The interviews on this program are recorded during Jumpstart Germantown's weekly Jumpin' Art series, which takes place via Zoom webinar every Monday night at 7 p.m. If you'd like to participate in the live Q&A with our guest, be sure to head to jumpstartgermantown.com slash events and register for next week's Jumpin' Art. If you're interested in starting a Jumpstart program in your own community, you can visit gojumpstart.org and see our how-to guide and open source training workbook. Thanks so much for listening to the Jumpstart Philly Real Estate Radio Show on Germantown Community Radio, WRGU 92.9 FM. And be sure to tune in next week.